Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Managing a Fire Company podcast. We're happy to be here with you. My name is Kyle Trumbly with Managing a Fire Company and we're going to introduce our panel of, that's going to serve on the podcast today starting to my left. Uh, John Brunacini here, author of Managing a Fire Company or co-author. I'm Tim Dietz. I'm also a contributing author to the book Managing a Fire Company. I'm Richard Kelly I'm with the Oklahoma City Fire Department, also part of the Validation Committee. Trevor Stokes, uh, also a part of the Validation Committee and uh, work down in Pflugerville, Texas, Travis County ESD number two. Excellent. Well, we had a great time doing our first podcast and we hope you all listened and got something out of it. And today what we'd like to talk about is the difference between management and leadership. I recently heard uh, John talk about that subject and I think it's interesting. I'm looking forward to sharing it with our listeners. Yeah, and that was, uh, Tim and I did a class earlier today in Edmond, Oklahoma, and uh, my presentation was entitled Management Versus Leadership. And it's not a contest. I think it's more directed toward, is really if you look at company officers or managers, their supervisors, uh, and then you know the ranks above them, are really the leaders that kind of guide policy, write policy, or a company officer is a policy follower and enforcer. So that, that is exactly the, the basis of how I wrote the book, was you're a manager, and this is what you got to manage on a daily basis. This is what you're paid to do, and hopefully you're working in a good system that has the systems that help you effectively manage. So. I'm writing it. Uh, we get to the point where it's time to fire up the validation committee. We send out all the invitations. And uh, before we, we really sent them any book material, we had a meeting the first time where we just kind of get together, say hello, introduce everybody, which was very impressive, by the way. And uh, I, everyone got through the hellos and the introductions, and I threw, I had about eight points that I wanted to cover in that meeting. And I threw out, hey, well, actually, it was kind of two questions. It was uh, management versus leadership, or to to put that more in perspective, what is the most important position on the fire department? Is it a company officer, the tip of the spear, or is it the fire chief along those lines? And it created a discussion that took the whole two hours. I didn't get to another bullet point on my list. But what it also did is it, it really validated, no pun intended, that we had got an outstanding group together in the validation committee after that that conversation. I mean, it, one thing led to another, and I, I said, man, we have hit, hit a gold mine. But I think Chief Kelly was one of the first people that kind of spoke up on that. So what do you think, captain or fire chief? Well, I, I wonder if I can go back, and if I go back in time, you know, in the discussion, it was easy for me when I first looked at it, my perspective at the time, I said company officer. And I, when I look at that, I've seen so many different challenges you have and, and you look at that, a lot of times it's things that happen at the company level. So I looked at that and said, hey, yeah, it's a company officer. And of course, uh, John came back in, a, in his way that he's uh, very good at of maybe challenging me a little bit in that area. And in the discussion, it comes back to the fire chief 
has the ability to affect change. I mean, that's their job to uh, to do that, and they can they can affect change. Now, obviously, it has to be instituted at the level of the company officer. But I think when in the discussion where we got to was a point of the company officer doesn't have that ability to. They can change some things. Obviously, maybe the menu of what's going on that day, and you know what's training and things that may happen. But the reality of for an organization, if we want to uh, enact MFC, that's probably going to come from the fire chief. It's probably not mm -hmm. going to come from the company officer. So we had some really good discussions in that and, and um, in that area. I have to say that I, I probably backed down a little bit at the time, um, but I still believe, as, as this book uh, shows, that how important the company officer is. Um, that what they do every day, they have that interaction with the, the firefighters, their crew, the, the ability to manage and make sure. And we all talked about this. The most important thing that we do is taking care of Mrs. Smith. That's our job. And we have to manage our personnel and, and be able to manage them and also lead them in a way that that's what we're doing. Because we talk in the book about leading by example. And so there is, uh, I think sometimes we think it's got to be mutually exclusive, and really I think they, they go hand in hand. But uh, I think in, in order for you to be a good leader, you're going to have to be a manager. You have to manage your people. So I, I have to say I stepped back a little bit uh, in that area when we had that discussion. But, yes, sir, it was a long discussion in that. And I probably prompted some of that. And I think I stepped right into you. I made it perfect for you when I stepped uh -huh. right into that. You're you like, yes, uh -huh. these, there's my huckleberry. <laughs> But I said it on the last podcast, you know, you throw something out there and what it does is it causes you to have a discussion that you've never had before mm -hmm. and think about stuff that you never really put into perspective. And I, I love having those conversations. I really do. Hearing everybody's different opinions. And well, I had to challenge myself because I'll tell you, I, I do a lot of academies with our officers and upcoming. I always say the most important position on the job is company officer. So I was challenged in that area. I, I will say you did challenge me. And I, I think I, one of the most influential positions on the fire department is the company officer because their everyday interaction with their crew. But I, I, it totally made sense when you talked about, okay, can the company officer change this mm -hmm. or can they enact certain policies? Or can, Obviously, they can be an influencer in that. They can be a catalyst for change. But really and truthfully, it comes down, as you said, the fire chief has to make those changes. Mm -hmm. and. and, and and they have a significant impact on their crew, obviously. I mean, they're their, their leader. But you got a station with three shifts. How much influence does the A shift officer have on B shift and C shift? Not much. Or this is station one. How much do they have at station two? Zero. So, I mean, it's really localized. But if you look, when the 911 calls comes in, they are the tip of the spear. I mean, everything that your organization has worked for all gets played out on that incident. So they're both important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they are both important. If I might just kind of jump in on this. Listen, if you are a good manager, you know, you're consistent, you're fair, you're supportive, followership's going to happen. Whether you call that leadership or what, your crew will follow, right? And I think that's what the majority of us would like to have happen. Well, how, will they follow you even harder if they think you care about them? Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting topic. And um, when John first brought it to light for me, I don't know that I ever really thought in great detail about leadership versus management. And I was kind of waiting for that aha moment in the presentation to where I went, okay, now I get it. I, I get the difference. I see the difference of, um, you know, 
the importance of the fire chief versus the company officer. But I think what really that aha moment for me was um, when John talked about the box and it's the fire chief's job and the leadership of the department's job to create this box. So, John, can you kind of just share with everybody? Yeah, and I think it's a good way to, and it's in a PowerPoint, so I have a box, obviously, and to where people can process it and kind of wrap their mind around it. And we'll get to Trevor here in a minute with his challenges with his company officer wanting to be the fire chief. But what Kyle just said, the leaders of the fire department, it's their job to build a box that has the systems and processes in that box to help make that company officer successful. That's really what it boils down to, so that when that 911 call comes in, they're going to show up and be a good tip of the spear. So the management makes this box, they put an officer in that box, and that's really going to determine how well that box is constructed is how successful that officer is going to be. So it's the job of the organization to build a good box, SOPs, uh, certifications, uh, wellness programs, you know, all the stuff that keeps us going and safe. And then the, it's, it's the, the managers, the supervisors, the company officer's job is to stay in that box and to follow those systems. And I think Chief Kelly said it very well is, you know, there's leaders on every level, and if you've got good ideas, you need to plug those into the leadership to help build a better box, but you don't have the liberty to start, you know, playing John Wayne at every incident you go on because you have a better mousetrap, and it doesn't fit into the organizational model of deployment, and now what you're doing is you're compromising other people that are involved in that deployment. So leaders make the box, and managers stay in the box. So speaking of that, Trevor, uh, the leadership management. Trevor's got some some people that he works with that really want to build their own box, and it's it's counterproductive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, and and so to, to kind of comment back on, I struggled with the leadership thing too. So I harken back to the first time I was told to go to a blue card training. And I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll fix this, only to realize <laughs> that <laughs> this is probably a better way of doing business. And again. I, if, if I'm being honest, it's it's my own uh, selfish desire to be this this thing that 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 I'm not. I'm not the leader of the organization. I'm a manager, and I need to know my place. And so, when when you have managers that have these visions of grandeur, or they think that they're they, they're the leader of the organization. It is super counterproductive. And I the organization I work for, very pragmatic, very forward thinking chief. Uh, the chief before him was extremely forward thinking, very strategic, always thinking 10, 15, 30 years down the road. So a lot of times as a company officer, we struggled kind of understanding why he was saying and thinking the things he was because he was thinking so forward uh, ahead. But the system that I work in, it's it it's very easy for me to communicate directly with leadership if I do find gaps or issues. And I think a lot of times, you know, we obsess over these things that, that we really have no control over. And that consumes us because we have no control over them, as opposed to focusing on the things that we do control, that 24-hour shift. So how we interact with our crew, how we interact with the public, and then ensuring that we're doing it at a high level. And then making sure that our crew is able to do that w- even when you're not there, right? Uh, I had an assistant chief that told me whether you're there or not, it's your fault because it's your job to train your people. So if you're there and they're successful, great. But the true test is when you're not there <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how they perform. And so I think... you. I think your old man said it, right? So ego eats brain cells, right? And so when, when our ego gets in the way and, and we want to be something more than a manager, because let's be honest, 
if, if you just say that just to the average citizen, average public, average firefighter, there's a negative connotation with that, right? Oh, you're an admin guy. You just sit there and you do timesheets and admin stuff. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I take what the leader's intent is and I enact it daily for calls for service, for training, for customer service, whatever the case may be. I don't get to send out edicts and I don't get to shape the organization from station two or station five on B shift. It doesn't work that way. The, the tail doesn't wag the dog. And so, you know, as much as I, I want to be important, <laughs> it, it, my job is to follow the leader and, and do what, what, what I need to do. And it's a struggle. It is. Because there are times when we run up against something where we're like, man, we can do this better. But as Chief Kelly and I were just talking about, uh, you know, if, if all we wanted to do is listen to criticisms and problems, well, we could fill a 24-hour shift with that. Let's talk about solutions and how we go about fixing that stuff. You know, when we talk about leadership versus management, and Tim, I'd like to get your perspective on this, but we talk about the behavioral health piece within managing a fire company and managing resiliency and all that. As you travel across the country teaching fire departments about behavioral health, can you give an example of what that, what's leadership's responsibility in implementing behavioral health and, and what's the management's responsibility in that? Well, in an ideal world, leaders would develop the policies and, and the programs for behavioral health. So as an example, if I go into an organization that they want to create a behavioral health program, certainly I get on the training schedule, they rotate crews through, I teach them how to take better care of themselves and each other, and that's the leadership's responsibility to make sure this program is going to be implemented. Then we create internal resources like, like peers um, that, that coworkers can chat with without fear of hearing it, you know, someplace else, right? So they tend to be the safe people they can have conversations with, um, held in confidence. Um, policies and procedures are then created or developed to how to handle, or I shouldn't say handle, how to support an employee that's maybe struggling, maybe it's been overwhelmed by a call or, or life or whatever, whether it be an individual or, or a crew or, or a series of crews. And then Part of that program is also we, we try to identify culturally competent mental health professionals in the community um, that know how to treat stress-related injuries in a timely manner, really with the intent of getting that firefighter back on, back, back to work. And so these resources really, in my, in my world, should be people that employees can talk to and nobody needs to know about it. All they know is employees are coming to work happy, healthy, productive. That's all, that's, and that's the end result. The leaders have to decide to put that together. And the manager's job, so the company officer's job now is to stay in that box, this behavioral health box, um, create the culture on their crew um, that we're going to take better care of ourselves and each other. We're going to start, you know, kind of keeping an eye on each other. Company officer's job is to lead by example, talk about stuff that's bothering them, make sure um, we, you know, we exercise, we eat somewhat healthy, we communicate with each other. Um, meal times is, is hugely important. Um, for, for fellowship and, and learning who, who we work with and, and what makes each other tick so we can better support each other. So again, we go back to the box. Leaders create the box. Manager's job is to work within the parameters of that box. And whether it be, you know, strategy and tactics or, or behavioral health is kind of all the same there. Um, so what are, my, what are my guidelines to support my people? And, and what are my resources that I can point people to if it gets bigger than me? So talking about leadership versus management and it really being a new just a new perspective for some people can John can you just kind of go into what is it about what is the defining 
piece that says, okay, there's really only one true leader in the fire department, and that's the fire chief? I, you know, I don't want to say there's one true leader. I, I think they're the ultimate grand poobah leader. And then the closer you are to the fire chief, the more you are in a leadership role. And the further you get away from the fire chief, the, fir- the more you're, you're in a management role. So, and, and the reason, well, I, I named the book Managing a Fire Company. I did not name it Leading a Fire Company because I don't think that's the case. And I think that people get into that role and they think that they need to reinvent the wheel, the box. Uh, you know, my greatness is going to inspire you to come up to, to my level of expectation. And they, they fail to manage their crew in a way that really trains them, uh, leads by example, this is how we're going to deliver service. And they're caught up in this Napoleonic, uh, what, what Trevor was talking about earlier. And it's not your job. Like, and what you just said, Kyle, the fire chief is the one that's going to implement those systems. And those people on those levels don't have the, the authority, the, the influence, uh, the connections to do anything that the fire chief can do. So it, it does throw people off guard, though, doesn't it? That conversation like makes people go crazy. And so if you really condense it down, is I, I, the leaders of the organization write policy and the, the managers follow and enforce policies. I mean, that's their job. So, and, and most officers come to work, <clears throat> it amazes me, because they're in this like little, you know, their fiefdom of their firehouse, and they're there for, for 24 hours, and then they leave for 48 or whatever it is, and they're, they're busy about other stuff, and then they come back to work, and they're, they have this thing where, you know, I have to figure all this out for the first time, and, you know, I'm in charge, and it's like, I don't get it with some of these people. And so that's the front end of the book that I wrote it for those people. Is, and we've all worked with, uh, with company officers that saw themselves more as a leader uh, for people to follow than the manager to, does the minute details of training and being nice and making sure your crew's resilient. And a lot of those people that, that are, they make up their own rules. And it, it, it really is frustrating as an employee to go to station to station and every captain, company officer that you work for has a different routine and a different set of rules or stuff that they care about. And you got to figure out what, how to make your boss happy based on their beliefs and values at every time you get a new boss. See, and I want to stamp that out. I want every boss to kind of do the same standard management routine so as their subordinates are coming through, they know what to expect from their boss, all the bosses in the organization, whoever they're working for. And it's not like, hey, man, i got to figure out my boss in order to be successful. I, you know me, Kyle. I hate that kind of mentality. I, I, everyone needs to be on the same page. We need to standardize it. We have to have the systems in place so that we all know what everybody else's roles and responsibilities are so we can move on. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, looking back to what, what uh, Trevor was dealing with, and for me, really, I look at it like there's no way you can have an effective fire department and you can get everybody on the same page if you have people below the level of the fire chief always wanting to lead the charge, lead the change. Now, they need to, they need to be able to go to their boss and say, hey, I, I would like to talk with you about this idea and maybe we need to look at that, but it definitely has to be a top-down implementation in order for 
that particular thing to be effective, but also for us to have a standardized, effective fire department with fire companies that are productive, follow the rules, and it's, it's really that for me. That's exactly what it is. You're there to enforce and follow SOPs. I mean, that is your role. You know, just being here and going through this and, and talking about and reflecting back at, you know, where I work and in my current position, and it, it really makes me reevaluate that term leadership and being a leader. And um, because I think really the goal is for us to be effective. We need to be effective fire department and productive. And I think really listening to everyone talk, that's the best way to do it, is understanding the difference between leadership and management. I, I think when a leader really understands what you just said, they're, they're going to be a better leader, but their job is harder because they realize what they don't know what they don't know. And then it also, on the other side of it, it makes a supervisor better when they stay in the box and they support the systems. And in the communication chapter of the book, we talk about, I'm the fire chief and I just implemented a new policy. And you said it, Kyle, if you have any grievances or you're upset about that or you don't agree with that policy, that should never go down to your subordinates. Any complaining that you have to do about any system or situation in the fire department always needs to go up. Because if that officer who thinks they're the true leader and they didn't run this by me and I don't agree with this, what effect is that going to have on their crew when they explain that to them that way? It just this dissolves that policy for everybody, and it, it's not the way managers work. And if you look at critical occupations, that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's just in the fire service. Uh-huh. So managers understand that, and I think, you know, that... The people running around there, I'm the leader, I'm the leader, they, they really don't fit into that box very well. And they don't support what leadership is doing effectively. Well, it's, it's like having, no one would think it was a good idea to have 24 incident commanders on a scene, right? Like, that's a problem. So, and I think one of the buzzwords now is this idea of decentralized command. You know, and that may work in some areas and in some organizations, but in the fire service, there's leader's intent. And each company officer, as deployed, whether it's with an HR issue or an operational issue, they have a certain amount of latitude. But at the end of the day, they got a box. And, and if they feel like they need to leave that, they better engage their boss and get, get some guidance. Well, it's definitely an interesting subject. And um, I'd like to thank uh, Trevor Stokes, Tim Dietz, John Brunacini, Richard Kelly for um, joining us this afternoon and contributing to this podcast. It's a very interesting subject. We hope you all have enjoyed it. Please go to www.managingafirecompany.com, purchase a copy of the book. It's got a lot of valuable content in us. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to more podcasts, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.